Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's up, faithful? Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Delta Dental. I'm Lindsay Polaris. Today, I am joined by veteran defensive lineman Eric Armstead. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. So, Eric, you are now the longest tenured 49ers on this 49ers player on this 2023 roster. Mm-hmm. What has changed since 2015 when you were drafted and walked through these doors here? <laughs> a lot has changed. You know, uh, the building has changed quite a bit, uh, you know, throughout my years. Got some updates. Been been good. Cafeteria is different. <laughs> uh, that's probably the major update since I've been here and um, – People are different. Culture is different. Uh, played for some bunch of different coaches. Played with a bunch of different players, and um, you know, it's it's been a great experience. Though. I'm really blessed to, you know, be a 49er for this long, and um, be here and be part of the, you know, the the down years and be part of the the up years and success as well too. It's all part of the process, and it's been fun. You predate the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan era. How have you seen the culture evolve into this amazing brotherhood that it is today? Yeah, it's been really amazing. You know, I think uh, when they got here, um, it's, you know, culture is all about people. And, you know, organization is all about people. Um, You know, people have to fill these spaces. People have to fill these meeting rooms and, you know, fill our roster and fill our team. And so... I think that's uh, of the utmost importance when you, you're looking at, you know, how do you build um, something successful and sustainable. And um, I think they did a great job of that coming in and, you know, figuring out who's who and figuring out, you know, the type of people that they wanted to be uh, part of this organization and on the team. And when new people come in, I think, um, you know, they, they kind of, I wouldn't say fall in line, but, you know, fall into – you know, the culture and they embrace it. And uh, so, you know, I think establishing that early on when they first got here, you know, we weren't winning a lot of games, but we were competitive. Um, we were played super hard. Um, and as we got better and better, you know, we started having some success and, uh, you know, we're trying to keep it going. You've evolved as well. You are now a foundational piece of this 49ers defensive line and also a big-time contributor outside in your community work, both in the Bay Area and Sacramento. What sparked your interest in giving back? Uh, I think that was in me, you know, at a young age. You know, at a young age, um, I can always remember being, you know, a part of different uh, outreach and give back to our community in Sacramento, where I'm from, my family. Um, That was instilled in us from a young age. And so... 
I think it's just part of who I am. And uh, as I, you know, found my, um, as I became, you know, an adult and found my lane in life and have been so blessed to be uh, here in the NFL for, for nine years, um, you know, it just naturally turned to, you know, how I can have impact and how I can help people and use my platform and use everything that I've been blessed with to be a blessing to others. A lot of your efforts are solely based on education equity. How did that become your cause? Uh, that, that became my cause, you know, as I learned and, grow, and grew as, as a person and, you know, trying to figure out how to have the biggest impact. I think education is a space where, um, you know, there can be a lot of change and there can be a lot of impact to be had. And I think education is, you know, the foundation for when you look at um, disparities in our country, you know, economic divides, um, you know, other socioeconomic issues in our country. I really think it starts with uh, education and um, even in that playing field and providing the same opportunities uh, for everyone. And so um, when I when I learned that education and opportunity were being defined by where you grew up or how much money you have, you know, I didn't that didn't sit right with me. And um, I wanted to do something about it and, you know, help people, um, you know, have a chance to be successful in life. Your continued efforts through the Armstead Academic Project have earned you a fourth straight nomination for the 49ers for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Just knowing the time that you've invested, all the people that you've been able to help, what does that nod mean from the 49ers to get this honor four times? <laughs> it's huge. It means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, being our nominee for the team has been amazing, but also we have a team that truly believes in the work that um, needs to be done to, you know, create change in our society. You know, that starts at the top with uh, the Yorks and everything that they believe in and trickles down to our teammates and our organization and our staff, um, you know, stadium staff and executives, um, everybody has, you know, a heart of, you know, wanting to, to think outside of ourselves and be impactful in our community. And so representing that uh, is a huge honor and very humbling. And, um, you know, I don't take that lightly. And uh, it validates the, the work that, you know, we're, we're all trying to accomplish. And it, um, it you know, provides uh, even a bigger platform to, to serve more and do more. And so it's amazing uh, being a nominee and, you know, representing our team and representing where I'm from, representing my family. You know, it's a lot of people that, you know, I'm sure are very proud. Um, and, you know, I want to represent them the right way. Each year that you've been nominated, the 49ers have done a really amazing job of revealing that nomination to you in creative ways. This year, it involves some heartfelt messages from your fellow D-line men. What was the significance of that video to you? That was amazing. You know, they, they always do an amazing job, you know, surprising me. Uh, I'm sure they have to get creative since it's been the fourth time. I'm sure they were panicking, like, oh, how are we going to do it this year? <laughs> uh, but uh, they always get me. They always surprise me and involve my teammates in those messages and um, being able to, you know, talk to my teammates too a little bit about it was amazing for me because 
Um, you know, football is obviously why we're all here and in this in this space, in this building, and you know, why we're all together. Football has brought us together, but um, you know, football being the main thing always, you know, you don't get, you know, necessarily time to reflect on um, you know, the relationships and um, you know, the the special bond that you have just being around each other and um, you know, it's something that <clears throat> You know, a lot of people talk about when they're done playing, missing it, but being able to, you know, have a moment and kind of uh, share that in the moment was was uh, very uh, special to me and, um, you know, a great moment for, for me and my teammates. You were called the blueprint several times in that video. Where did that nickname, uh, that designation come from? Uh, Coach Tapp started that one. Um, I think a few years back, he started calling me that. And, uh, you know, he started it. And then, um, uh, you know, coaches started using it. And I think this year, too, you know, Coach Wilkes made it a, a bigger a bigger point uh, when, he, when he got here and heard Tap calling me that. Then, uh, you know, I think it became a bigger, bigger thing. And more people start calling me that when uh, Coach Wilkes publicly started saying it. In that video, there were several newcomers to the team uh, speaking about Chase Young, Randy Gregory, and they had glowing things to say about you. How do you quickly develop these relationships with those newcomers to the team? Um, they happen naturally, you know, just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rough situation uh, for guys to, to make that transition. And so when they're coming on our team, you know, it's it's – accepting them with open arms and trying to be as helpful as possible and realizing, you know, I could easily be like, oh, I'm worried about what I got going on and um, what I need to do. But, you know, these these guys, when they come here, you know, they're, they're going to be so um, impactful and so such a huge part of where we're trying to go and where we're trying to get. And so um, helping them along and embracing them and, you know, trying to, uh, do everything you can to to help them in the transition that you know is is a tough one already. They got to move cross country and you know learn a new playbook and um, everything is up in the air for them. And it's like oh I don't know anybody and I got to figure all this out. And, it's a lot. You know it's a tough situation. So just just trying to help them through that and you know the faster we can help them through that, the 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 better it's going to be for the team and everyone involved. So. That's just my mindset, you know, when, when uh, someone's new is coming on the team. How do those relationships translate directly to the on-the-field performance? Uh, I think they, they go hand-in-hand, hand, you know. Um, I mean, I think you can, have, you can have some level of success when, you know, when guys don't necessarily get along, but you can't have ultimate success. You know, the, the closest teams are going to be the most successful Um and so that bond, that brotherhood, that camaraderie that you have to build, uh, it's, a, it's a journey, you know. Um, it's a journey you have to go on together. You know, I think uh, the, the special thing about football is, like, shared adversity that brings you closer in moments. And, you know, you're going through the same thing. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're together in, in tough games, tough moments, uh, tough practices, tough times when – uh, you know, uh, coaches might be going off on you and, and you know, you got to stick together as, as teammates. And so, um, 
yeah, it's it's it builds that bond and um, it's very important to, you know, for team success and where you want to get to. Also, just looking over the course of the season, I've seen a lot of the defensive linemen also participate in a lot of the 49ers community events with you and also support you uh, in several of the Armstead Academic Project events. Do you feel that just that close bond makes it easier to get them to hop along in these events? Yeah, for sure. You know, everyone has been super supportive of, uh, you know, the work that we're trying to accomplish. And <clears throat> it's been a huge, huge help as well, too. You know, we're interacting with uh, kids or we're interacting with um, donors and people who support the organ organization, you know, having my teammates and there, you know, that's special for them. They just don't get a chance to meet me, but they get the chance to meet a whole bunch of uh, people that they look up to and, and really admire and think very highly of. And, you know, it's just more, more special for, you know, everyone involved. The Armstead Academic Project is the vehicle by which you do all these community efforts and events that benefit the youth and education. That started in 2019 with you and your wife. How did you guys go about setting up the foundation? Yeah, so we were, you know, I've been doing kind of give back um, initiatives my entire career. And, you know, as I continue to grow and develop, I'm like, you know, I want to have more impact. Like, how do we grow the organization and, you know, how do we bring it, corral support? And in order to do those things, you have to be a legitimized organization. You know, it's one thing. For me, just, you know, which, what I, what, which was what I was doing early in my career, I was just, you know, paying for programming, paying for kids to go on field trips, paying for camps and um, just supporting however I could. Just, but, you know, it's different when you, you take the steps to, um, you know, formalize the organization and we have a board and we uh, started making hires and we have an executive director and... Um, you know, that's when you can, can build and have bigger impact, much more sustainable. And that's, that's when I started the organization. I'm, I, I wanted it to be sustainable uh, much long after I'm done playing football. And, um, you know, that's the goal. And so we're building a foundation and we're serving and trying to do more and more. How much more work went into it than you expected initially? Uh, a lot of, you know, well... I would say before I got aboard and made some hires, it was, it was a lot. And, um, you know, now that we have more structure, I think I, I kind of rewinded back and kind of we got to set a foundation, have more structure in order to be more efficient. And that's what we've done these past uh, two years is um, focus on structure and so we can have a better better future and serve more. Um, so it's, it's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's definitely not easy, um, you know, but I feel that having a better structure, it, it has um, relieved some on me, you know, trying to organize and coordinate a lot, a lot of things. And, you know, having, um, having the right people, you know, in place to, to help, you know. I'm a big ideas guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, all right, you know, this is what I think, you know, these kids need and this is what we need to do. We need to create this. And, um, but, you know, I'm playing football. I'm doing Got a full-time job. Yeah, other things. And, you know, so um, 
you know, in order to execute and be efficient, you need you need great people around you. And I feel like we have that now. And, you know, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. The foundation has a ton of cool events. One of the ones I found the most interesting was the Stay Hungry Career Camp. Who thought of that idea and what went into bringing that to life? Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Yeah, so I am the ideas guy. Uh, So that was an idea I had. And we focus on career and college exploration with our high school students. And so my my idea was, you know, with being around a lot of the kids that we serve, you know, I'm asking them, like, you know, what do you want to do later in life? And um, I learned that, you know, a lot of of kids only – know the careers that you know our uncle might do their parents might do whoever's in their community but their minds aren't really exposed or open to different career paths and avenues that might be very interesting to them and you really only know what you know so my idea was let's you know take kids um expose them to different career opportunities and um you know try to spark their interest and and, and hopefully they're passionate about, you know, a career field that they can get into and have fun and enjoy and, and uh, make good money. And, um, you know, education is very important, but also it's a vehicle to get a career at the end of the day. And so, um, you know, not every kid is going to go to college, um, even though we believe in college and higher education. That might not be, you know, for every kid, but if I can show them a pathway to get a good job that they're passionate about, um, or, you know, I can show them and, and, and inspire them to go to college, you know, for, um, to, to eventually get a, you know, good job, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to accomplish. 
Your programming goes all the way from high school down to grade school. Do you have a favorite event that the Armstead Academic Project is involved with or has created? Uh, literacy is huge for our elementary school students. So story time with myself is always very fun. You know, I've been reading with kids, uh, you know, across the world, virtually and in person uh, for a few years now. And that's always a lot of fun for me. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's our, our baby, uh, you know, program that has been there, you know, ever since. And we're excited to uh, expand that as well, too, uh, with our partnerships. And um, we we're having a huge uh, literacy program um, and we're partnering with Teach for America that's to awesome. uh, hire teachers back to uh, teach kids to um or work on their reading in the summertime so that heading into the next grade, they're, they're not behind. So we're really excited about that. One thing that's great about kids, they're always honest. They say the funniest things. What is the most interesting interaction you've had during a story time? Um, yeah, kids say, kids say a lot of funny stuff. Uh, cracking jokes. Um, one kid, <laughs> he had a funny joke. I, I forgot it. It was on... It was, on, it was on one of my YouTube videos where I was hanging out with the kids at the school. But now kids are are the the just just hilarious and they say whatever comes to their mind. <laughs> and I was the exact same way. So no filters. Always, yeah, no filter. <laughs> it's always fun. Always fun being around them. Uh, I taught at or well, I uh, I read at a uh, school up in San Francisco, and I think they were like sixth sixth grade, seventh grade, and. Uh, that age starts to get a little rough, you know. Um, <laughs> the the second graders and the third graders, they're like, they're all into it. But you know, the the sixth graders, they they they're start too cool. Yeah, they're they too they, cool. they you know have their little chance, and they made it a little rough on me. But you know, I, I handled <laughs> my own in there. You know, I was proud of myself. Do you find you have a new respect for teachers after doing the story time? <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, I I know all the. The uh, there there are little tricks now. Uh, mm -hmm. Clap twice if you can hear me. Clap three times if you can hear me. <laughs> like to get them to be quiet and focus. And but yes, it's uh, a lot of respect for teachers. That's another thing that we're excited about in the future that we're putting together is um, a teacher appreciation event. So that'll definitely, be well received. Yeah, definitely want to show uh, teachers appreciation and um, you know respect for all they do and 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 bless them uh, as well too, and you know, help them be, become better teachers. So Eric, I think you're a guy that doesn't like to have free time because this season you've also become a podcast host, with the third and long podcast. Mm -hmm. How do you balance it all? Podcast was a space that I wanted to get into and uh, it's been a lot of fun for me and, and uh, you know, I think I'm getting, becoming a better and better podcaster as well too. I enjoy the episodes. You've been able to recruit quite a few of your teammates. Mm -hmm. Who's been the most interesting guest so far? I think the interviews have been, you know, all very, very great. Um, and all a little different, too, you know. Uh, our conversations, they just kind of flow. You know, I think, um, uh, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from from all the episodes, but... Um, Mooney's episode was, was very funny because he came in and he was like, 
man, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know if I'm going, I don't know if I'm going, you know, say what I want to say. And then I'm like, as we start talking, I'm like, he kind of like took over the, <laughs> he kind of took over the show. And just was, let him go. He was just gone. I was like, hey, you, you're doing great, bro. Like, I, don't, I don't got nothing to say. You was acting like you was going to be nervous or something, but you're doing great. But no, every, every episode has been great. Um, Trent's episode was great. Nick's episode was was great. Um, and I'm happy that people get to see, you know, uh, you know, their personalities and my personality too as well. I think people get to see another side of me. BA's episode was dope. Like, um, just just revealing a different side of us and, you know, a, a relaxed um, environment where you can, you know, be yourself. What did you learn that you didn't know about one of your guests? Um, I learned a lot. You know, I've done some, I did some research for the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, BA's story, I, I, learned, I learned a lot, you know, about all my teammates. I didn't know Trent through the shot put in high school. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> I'm not that surprised though. He's just elite athlete across the board. <laughs> yeah, but Trent doing the shot put is, is I can't imagine him doing that. We'll have to have him do that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> just for just for the footage. Yeah, and then having a conversation with Nick about, you know, life and in football and, you know, what it's like to be in his shoes and with the pressure and everything and how he's so gracefully, you know, continues to dominate and um so that was a that was great and you know I learned a lot from that conversation as well too well then you know we've got sponsors to give a shout out to on this podcast yeah yeah I got a few sponsors we want to give a shout out to Delta Dental the podcast sponsor here Niners protect your teeth and your budget with dental plans from Delta Dental get fumble free dental coverage today take care of your teeth man so, Eric, as usual, we've got some fan-submitted questions for you. Cool. This is from our YouTube fam and Twitter fam, X fam, whatever you want to call it. From Josiah, what is your favorite Brock Purdy touchdown so far? Favorite Brock Purdy touchdown? Not a favorite Brock Purdy touchdown, but um, one of my favorite Purdy plays was in the preseason, actually, when we were his rookie year. We were playing in Minnesota. And he rolled out. There was a, uh, a defender there. He spun, got out of him, and rolled the other way. Like, he spun on a dime, rolled the other way, and made a pass down the field completion, I believe. But um, watching him roll out and spin on a dime and, you know, get out of that pressure, I was like, oh, this kid, he, he he got something to him. I, I hadn't, you know, really seen that, you know, before. And so that's when, uh, that was a moment where I realized, like, you know, there's something different about about Brock. Knowing what you know now, do you think that moment was just foreshadowing all the amazing plays that were to come? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, uh, you know, he's definitely showed flashes. And then once he got his full opportunity, you know, he never, never looked back. This one's from Gabe. What is your favorite place to eat back home in Sacramento? Ah, I got a lot of favorite places. Um, like Makuni uh, for sushi or crew for sushi. Either or can't go wrong. Um, let's see, what else? 
Um, Marie's Donuts. Must must stop. Um, what else I like? Uh, I like Bento Box. Bento Box is solid. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good food. A lot of good food. A lot in of good wrecks for the Sacramento area. This one's from Imagine Losing is the handle. How does it feel to be the longest tenured 49ers player? How does it feel? Uh, it's a it's a interesting <laughs> title. <laughs> I think you should wear it proudly. <laughs> yeah, you know it. it uh, it's an interesting title, um, but it it uh, it definitely is special because um, it says a lot about. Um, you know, it says a lot about, you know, my journey and, you know, it's very, it's pretty rare, you know, for, uh, a player to be, you know, tenured this long. Um, it's pretty uncommon around the league. And so, you know, it says a lot, it's, it's definitely meaningful to me to, you know, be here for this long. And it's been a huge blessing. Like I said, it's been ups and downs, both team wise, individually, and, you know, to be here, I think it, I think it's a testament to, um, you know, fighting through adversity and, um, uh, you know, having perseverance. And so, yeah, if it, it feels, uh, it's an interesting title to have, but <laughs> it, uh, definitely is, comes with a lot of pride because, you know, of the journey and the, uh, what has gone into it, you know, for me to, to still be here. All right, last one from Janae. You've put together In-N-Out and Chipotle orders on TikTok. What's the next restaurant stop, and do you ever let yourself overindulge? Let myself overindulge? Yeah, you got to treat yourself sometimes, you know? You, you work hard. You know, I live by the 80-20 rule. 80% good, 20% got to cheat, you know, cheat. I take my cheat meals very seriously, and uh, you got to treat yourself sometimes, so... It's, it's it's okay to overindulge, you know, as long as, as long as you're, you know, um, you can't have cheat weeks and cheat months. You gotta have like <laughs> it's cheat, important. Gotta have like cheat meals and cheat days, you know. Where is the next cheat meal happening? Uh, actually, I actually already already uh, already did it. So we're the, you know we're putting together putting it together now. It's um, it's uh, I did a, a Panda Express. So you guys get to see my Panda Express order. Is it over like two thousand calories? Um, they're gonna total up the calories. You know, <laughs> I just, I just, I just order off my eyes. Okay, I don't, got it. <laughs> I don't calorie count, but uh, they'll they'll total up. They'll put it on the video, so you guys will see that soon. All right, keep on the lookout. Well, thank you so much for spending a bit of your off day with us. We really appreciate having you. Appreciate you having me on. Well, faithful to be featured in the next episode, make sure to submit your questions to 49ers.com slash mailbag. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's it from us. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. 
rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.